1: And we are a sucker for you, the listeners of the My Talks and the One you You're listening to Colleen and Bradley on MyTalk 107.1. Streaming live. And by the way, we've got that wonderful app that uh, provides not only your favorite MyTalk 1071 shows and podcasts, but also listener rewards. Head to your favorite app store to download the MyTalk 1071 app or just head to our website, MyTalk107.1.com. I'm Bradley Trainer. Colleen will be back tomorrow. Paul McGuire-Grimes from Paul'sTripToTheMovies.com and more is with us today. And Paul, I thought... For this segment, because you always are watching stuff, we could find out what you're watching live.
0: You you guys watch that television show together, don't you? Team Cobra presents
1: Here's Here's What We're Watching Live. What you watching, Paul? Oh
2: my goodness. Okay, so the show that I've been obsessed with lately comes as no surprise, but it's The Outsider on HBO. Oh yes, this has been I, getting lots of the boo. Yes, I'm boos, a I mean massive both. Stephen King fan. It's based on one of his newer novels. I read the book when it first came out, and this has been a fantastic adaptation. And the basic premise is about this young boy that is killed and murdered viciously, and they the suspect is the like town kid baseball t-ball coach so it's like how could someone that we all know and love potentially do this while he also has an alibi that puts him at a completely different place so it's like could someone be in the same place at two different places at the same time that is the kind of the beginning of where this show goes and you literally have no idea where it's going to go next it's kind of a true detective meets uh the x-files because it's definitely paranormal definitely supernatural but you got that like Gritty cop investigative going on. Uh, Jason Bateman uh, stars as the baseball coach, and then you also have Ben Mendelson, who is the cop, the sheriff that's trying to figure it all out. And then Cynthia Revo, who was just an Oscar nominee for her work in Harriet, uh, plays Holly Gibney, this investigator that is a little off herself, has some kind of far out there ideas. And then what does she bring to the table? It's stunning. So, how many episodes? We the eighth episode just aired last night. I have not had a chance to watch it, but there'll be ten overall in this limited series. Okay, so series. I can
1: start. I can start watching I, this now.
2: Yes, and I think once you start it, you won't want to stop. And you, you've got Mayor Winningham, Bill Camp, um, of this fe- Julian Nicholson. Like all of these characters are so well fleshed out, and the 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 mystery just keeps on. Un- Eat, you know, unwrapping.
1: Had you read the book? Or I did. To,
2: oh, I had read the book. So I know where the story is going. Um, and even as I was reading the book, I was like, Oh, that's where this
1: is going. Oh, so you watched the book before you watched the book or watch the book. I read the, book. You
2: watch I the did. book. I did. I read it a couple of years ago when it first came out. Cause I'm always trying to be on the pulse of what Stephen King is writing. Uh, and really enjoyed the book. Are
1: you a huge Stephen King fan? He's my favorite author. Okay. So then in the pantheon of Stephen King, uh, Books. Yeah. Where does this rate?
2: Oh, I would say um, it's hard to compare his newer stuff to his kind of his classics, but I would say it's in the top half. I, I, I would I would say top third maybe. I mean, you've got the the well the great characters. You've got the kind of detective thing that he's been doing lately, along with the supernatural, the scary, which he is always known for, and the the show really picks up on that too. I mean, it's grisly, it's gruesome, it's kind of spooky. If you don't know where it's going, um, and I know a lot of people that have been watching it, even non Stephen King fans have really been getting into it too so if you're thinking i don't do scary i don't do spooky just know that there's so much more to the story and if you like yeah, Jason you know, Bateman, it's a very different role for
1: him i will say i feel like i need to give you know like I feel like I need to give Stephen King another chance because here's the thing: like I'm not a huge horror person, mm-hmm. but I I think that's a misunderstanding of Stephen King oh, as a com- writer completely, and it's just sort of a basic stereotype, like oh, he's writing it right, and he has
2: done so many different genres well. I mean, there one of my favorite books of his is eleven twenty two sixty three, which mm-hmm. is not horror at all. And if you know that date, yeah, it's the G- JFK assassination so that book and is, isn't that an
1: Amazon Prime it was a Hulu one Hulu. of the very first if oh. not the
2: first Hulu series which I thought was miscast but the book is phenomenal this time travel if I could go back and save JFK's assassination what would happen fantastic book so if you need a list of recommendations anyone out there for Stephen King that you don't do scary I have them for you
1: and by the way Where can we get all your recommendations?
2: I mean, at Paul's Movie Trip, Instagram, Twitter, if you want to follow me. I'm always tweeting about the TV shows and the movies that I'm seeing, at Paul's Movie Trip on Twitter
1: and Instagram. Always a great follow. Okay, so you mentioned The Outsider on uh, HBO. Now... What else are you watching?
2: Um, So I want to plug this movie called, and my husband's going to just roll his eyes, but it's called The Thing About Harry. It was on Freeform around Valentine's Day, and we, you know, we fall into all of those cheesy Hallmark-type movies, and this one was a Freeform one, but the thing, it's about a young gay man falling in love, so we don't often get you know, the TV rom-coms with gay characters as their leads. And this is what it was. And it started Jake Borelli from who's currently on Grey's Anatomy. I know Colleen knows who he is. Um, uh, Has to drive this high school bully of his to this wedding. And the kind of relationship that forms between them because the bully turns out to be pansexual and the sparks start to fly between them. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, a good movie like that on Freeform shows that representation matters. So when we have movies like this, I think it really helps it helps the young LGBTQ youth of America see that their stories matter, our stories matter. And when we get movies like that, it helps.
1: Yeah. I mean, I will say, uh, as a older homosexual. <laughs> right. There, you know, at when I was growing up, there were very little places where you could see yourself. I mean, sometimes on the big screen, certainly, but very rarely could you just sit down and watch something on TV that wasn't, you know, completely sort of avant-garde or right. hard to access. So And
2: freeform is and the, it, it was actually a lot more daring of a movie than I like. They showed a lot more than I would have thought for what used to be ABC Family. So I yeah. really give them kudos. So if you like movies like Love Simon, it's kind of falls within that kind of okay. wheelhouse. I mean it's not Citizen King by any means, but it's it's great. And there's a great playlist on Spotify of the soundtrack that I've been listening to nonstop.
1: So of the things that Paul McGuire Grimes is watching, the thing about Harry movie is on So it's Freeform, on Freeform and, and you can
2: also see it on Hulu. Okay, yeah. cool.
1: So that is super fabulous. Uh, you got one last thing for us?
2: Um, yes. Uh, something that we fall asleep to most nights is Forensic Files. There's a new oh. series, Forensic Files 2, premiered last night on HLN. So we, we uh, DVR'd it, of course, appointment viewing.
1: I love, that's one of those series that you can just kind of pick up anywhere and right. then just watch like 12 episodes in a row. You are probably in a hotel room or, yes. you know, you're about to fall asleep.
2: And then they, they do, like, wake up in the middle of the night with that daunting, haunting music. You're like, oh, what, yeah. what just happened? But it's back. Uh, new episodes. New grisly crime. If you like that kind of stuff, you know. They had an all-day marathon yesterday, so every time I turned on the TV, it was going. And then... So, yeah. Forensic files, too, if you like it. Send me a tweet. I'd love to
1: hear. All right. And again, where can people find your At info?
2: Paul's Movie Trip on Twitter, Instagram. I also have a YouTube channel, Paul's Trip to the Movies on YouTube.
1: Fabulous. Now, um, I am watching very little right now that surprises me but I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos right and I'm, that's weird However, I will say I just started a book and I'm going to watch the movie after I finish the book because it's been sitting in my queue, my uh, audible queue. I started listening to the book Annihilation. Mm. That's the one that they made a movie on in what? Uh, 2018. A couple years ago. With yeah. Natalie okay. Portman. So 2018 with Natalie Portman. And I remember I had, I've had this book forever and I just haven't sit- sat down to start listening to it yet. Cause you do audible. Like I all... love audible. Okay. I mean, I actually will read books, but for the most part, that's only on vacation Um, like during a week I just you know pop in the audible and most of the time it's nonfiction. but this is obviously fiction and it's it's essentially the story about these all you really know at the beginning are the this team of experts have been dropped into this like area x which you kind of don't know like there's it it looks like there's like you know there's a forest and there's sort of like overgrown stuff. You're not sure why they're there. Mm -hmm. They're not quite sure why they're there, but they're trying to find stuff And it's called The
2: Shimmer, where they're going. I don't know how far you went into it. I think it's called The Shimmer.
1: Yeah, well, there's some, there's mysterious stuff, Mm -hmm. right, that is unexplained. Um, And so far, I will say like the first chunk that I have listened to, um, I I can't put it down. So I'm going to continue to listen to it till it's done. But then what I'm excited about is I'll be able to pick up and watch the movie, Um, Jeff Vandermeer is the author of the book if people want to download it. And um, I I decided to read the book before I watched because there was this moment where I was like, should I just watch the movie first? But then I was like, no, usually the book's going to be better than the movie was because I also don't remember it getting... Although it did get like 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a fantastic movie. I and mean, you like it's one it? Of the, yeah, I loved it.
2: Okay. It's one of those where you have to go in with an open up mind, knowing that it's supernatural, knowing that you can't really explain it. Things happen at the end, and you're like, what is going on? Okay. But Natalie Portman's great. Tessa Thompson from um, the Marvel movies, she's in it. Jennifer Jason Lee, are really great crass And it's a, it's a gorgeous movie to look at. Like How they bring that world to life. Is that's why I'm excited to
1: see it because I, you know, just re- when you hear the descriptions, you're like, "How are they going to do that?"
2: Yeah, it's called the sh- the the area they go to is the Shimmer, all right, and the like shimmer. how it all ends, you're like, "Oh,
1: that's intense." Okay, well, I can't wait. All right, <laughs> when we come back, speaking of intense, we got to talk about the royal family and the not royal family that is Harry and Meghan because they've left and they're doing oh their own God. thing. Uh, what's going on? Well, they gave us an update over the weekend. We'll find out what that means when we come back right here on my talk 107.1. Who needs enemies when you have friends like Jessica Mulroney? Well, we'll find out. Oh, Here on Colleen and Bradley on My Talk one i I'm Bradley. Colleen will be back tomorrow. Paul McGuire Grimes is with us today. And uh, hey, Paul, I don't know. Have you been following the Royals much? A little bit. Okay, so I'm not as intrigued by uh, Meghan and Harry. Do you watch The Crown? Yeah, but I'm on season two. OK, I'm a little well, behind. hurry up and get to season three. I mean, it's not going to be any different than where you're at now, other than a few years have passed. However, let's fast forward to the present mm-hmm. and talk about Meghan Markle and Harry Styles. I wish it was Harry Styles. No, actually, Prince Harry, um, because we can go down that rabbit hole, too, if we want. You know, we probably could. But let's stick with Harry and Meghan for right now, because there was this story. There's actually two things I want to tell you about. The first is about um, Jessica's pal or excuse me, uh, Megan's pal, Jessica Mulroney, and um, who, by the way, is like the daughter of the former prime minister of Canada. It's a long story. Um, Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes, (laughs) yes. yes. Hmm. Um, She did something that we need to talk about, but there's also been an update on their exodus from the royal family, from their senior royal duties. We'll talk about their duties in just a moment, but let's head back to um, Jessica. So apparently... Uh, there was this story about um, Jessica being a friend of Harry and Meghan, just trying to help out you know, through her too. charity, uh, trying to register a website for Sussex Global Charities. Now, what does this all mean? So you know that the royals have left their senior royal duties, mm-hmm. and one of the things that they were told to leave behind is the word royal, but you'll remember, maybe not, that they trademarked Sussex Royal Right, because mm-hmm. that that is the trademark that they wanted to use for like their, their charity stuff, their brand, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, they trademarked it, but now they can't use it, so that's awkward, right? Right. So the story is that Jessica was like, "Well, it's no big deal. I'll just register some other stuff on the down low under my name no over deal. here with my charity," and um, uh, um, um, she registered sexual. <laughs> sexual- <laughs> bradley sussex royal that'd be kind of hilarious sussex yeah. royal charities right mm-hmm. well then she was like i didn't do that you dumb reporters people magazine um yeah. you don't want to tick off people magazine because people magazine is in the pocket of uh harry and mega Yep, that's their mouthpiece essentially <laughs> that's where we're getting all our harry and Meghan news that we you know want to know what's coming from their mouth that comes from people anyway so there was that kerfuffle um jessica kind of you know trying to make it seem like the press. They got the story wrong. Yeah. It's just shutting down those the stories on Twitter. Exactly. Which is an unforced error because now she has to come out. And, and again, it sort of reaffirms this, the skepticism that people have about Harry and Megan, which is these two are just out to make a bunch of money.
2: Yeah. I mean, the idea of them just leaving the royal family and having some private time is
1: not happening. Yeah. That's what, you know, people talk about rightly. So mm-hmm. all of the discrimination that Megan faced to be sure legitimate wholeheartedly but if your goal then was to simply say i want to remove myself from that equation because it's not healthy for me or my family then there's a much easier way to do that instead what they chose to do was to essentially blindside uh, the royal family and make a bunch of demands about what they should be able to control financially which again you can agree or disagree with but it seems like maybe there was more at stake than just I want to have some private time right because then why are we having production deals coming
2: up with Disney or Harpo or you know anything like that
1: and also if you then want to become financially independent by trading on
2: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, a member FDSE.
1: Your connection to the royal family, because arguably the only reason people are paying attention to and listening to that which Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are saying is because of their connection to the royal family. It seems somewhat disingenuous, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, hey, we are these two independent, creative and successful in our own right human beings, um, and we want nothing to do with the royal family, but please call us. But, Royals, but please call us Royals and allow us to make money off of that title. Mm-hmm. So it seems a little have your cake and eat it, too, perhaps. Yep. Do you Do you think they have a point? Do you think they're going to be successful? I need to take your, your temperature. I, on I don't Royals. feel like they're going
2: to be successful at getting away. I don't know. I'm sure that people diehard fans of Meghan and Harry will bow down to anything that they do doesn't really matter what they do, but they'll still have people watching it. But I still think that they're going to be facing all the pressure. Little Archie's still going to be the headlines, and people are still going to want to take pictures of him. I don't know if they're going to sh- shield Archie away. Yeah. Now, I was always under the impression that that was part of the goal, was to, like, give him a private life. You
1: no, know, this makes me happy that you're saying these things, because I feel like, you know, sometimes we get a little deep in the shallow, as oh, you know, I hear you. on the Colleen and Bradley show. And we maybe get in our own little bubble world about what things are really going on behind the scenes. But you know, as a person who's just out there bebopping around, paying attention, got other stories to um, deal with, but also paying attention to a lot of other stories. um, Do you feel like? How do you feel like this is going to play out?
2: I don't think that it's a good look for them. Yes, they can do whatever they want. I just don't think it's the best optics for them right now. And maybe we need some time away. I feel bad that Meghan Markle is getting the brunt of all of the shame because I don't know if that's fair either. I would assume as a healthy couple out that they talked about things together. Who knows? Yeah. It wasn't in the bedroom at the like, time. It's, but like
1: it, it's too, in the what? In the bedroom? I, but like
2: I wasn't with them when they were making those conversations. But I would hope that them as a couple, as a responsible couple, were doing what's best in the interest for their family. Yeah, and it exactly. It wasn't just her making all the decisions.
1: Exactly. And I, I think that's just too easy and kind of cheap to say, oh, it's Meghan Markle. Right. She's, you I know. want us
2: to get away from that narrative in our heads. That it was all her, you know,
1: No, I totally agree. And in fact, we've said, uh, one of the things that I'm concerned about is that within the next year, it's going to be very difficult for them to maybe um, do everything that they think they're going to be able to do once people maybe aren't paying as close attention to them as we are right now. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of paying attention, when we come back, we want you to pay attention to our favorite Lord and Lady D-bag right here on My Talk 107.1. Well, the good news is celebrities generally behave badly, at least enough for us to create an entire segment about it every day on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. That's what you're listening to. I'm the Bradley. The Colleen will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, in between time, we have Paul McGuire Grimes joining us. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Now, let's get right to the D-Bags, shall we? Let's do it with the D-Bags right now, right here. Any day day now. Any day now. It's okay, girl. I could do this. It's okay. Lord and Lady D bag. Presenting
2: Lord and Lady Douchebag of the day.
1: Okay, who's your D-bag today, Poole? Uh, my
2: D-bag is The Voice. The, <gasps> the whole TV show. entire show? Yes, because, okay, we have a new season starting tonight. We've got Kelly Clarkson, who I love, Blake Shelton, John Legend, Nude Judge, Nick Jonas. Nude Judge? Yeah, well, we could only hope. But my reason why they're a douchebag is that the last season just happened end it and I know that this falls on their calendar like they do two seasons every calendar year and the last season just ended December 17th it is way too soon to have a new season of The Voice I didn't care for the last winner I'm not over it yet so we're taking a break we watched the last four seasons and now that we've seen how the sausage is
1: made you're not buying I'm the not sausage. I'm not buying the sausage you It's anymore. not the kind of sausage <laughs> no. you want to bring home to your no. husband. Even with Nick Jonas. No. So
2: I just like, Does okay. he at least get shirtless? N- not on this program. Oh, man. That that other What's show that point? he was in. But. What was the other show? It was like a boxing show, which I didn't oh, watch. Oh, you're right. You know. Yeah. He did um, get
1: shirtless once on that um Ryan Murphy. What was that show? Yep. Screen Queens. Screen Queens. Yes.
2: Oof. Um, but no, here's the thing. I like the concept of the voice, but after watching it, seeing how some of our favorite singers who are actually good singers and they can perform and they can tell a story through song, getting bypassed, either America's not voting them in or the producers don't care about their story. They're getting kicked to the curb so that other people are winning. And like the last guy that won, his name was Jake. I'm just going to like say... He was so boring. He just stood there and sang a country number every time. No personality, no performance. And I'm like, this is it. It kind of had... reminds
1: me of what was his name from American Idol, the country singer who won. And everybody's like, wah, wah.
2: yeah. I mean, we've had we've watched four seasons in a row now, and we've only liked one of the winners. OK, so you're so out I'm over it. We're giving this a break. How do you there feel other... about their
1: potato chip deal?
2: why this is such a marketing publicity like don't fall for it, people this is just ridiculous
1: and i love kelly clarkson well, our Glad friend nikki fell is... for it because she put it Did in her just... alert oh well, do you want to nikki... tell people what it was about nikki
0: so basically lays is partnering up with nbc and the voice and you buy these chips you munch on them while you're watching and you can win prizes and john legend is promoting them
1: and what were the flavors again oh let me It was like taco, crispy taco, hot sauce, crispy taco, fried green green
0: tomato, hot sauce. I feel like, first of
1: all, if I asked you to explain, like describe for me the taste of fried green tomato, would you be able to do that? No,
0: no, I just
1: don't feel like that's a very flavory flavor, right. That's yeah. like saying like
2: here's my um What am I gonna get out of eating these chips on the couch except for getting fat? Like <laughs> Wow uh, I, mean, I mean I am seriously. not opposed
1: to eating chips I'm not
2: either. But I do it uh, far too often. But like I get, like this is such just product placements yeah. to the extreme.
0: I'm confused as to why they have hot sauce. I'm pretty sure they already have like a flaming chip. Isn't that just called and- like buffalo wing yes. or something? Yeah. yeah and they have like they have- don't they have like a flaming ketchup one or something oh, or right?
1: Gross. That sounds Fish. vile. Flaming ketchup. But I mean,
0: I could be making that up. Oreos does like the same do. thing
1: and I fall for it every time. It's lava good it's true. Oreo. we well, just wait. Maybe American Idol will do like special Oreo flavors so you can munch on Oreos munch munch while Again, you're watching. Still
2: not watching American
1: Idol. See, this is we the have thing about good these programming shows, to watch. At the point at which you need to entice people to watch your show with snack foods, take A break. Maybe you need to just take a breather.
2: Like, Dancing with the Stars is now just once a year. That is doable. But The Voice is twice a year. And it's like a two or three, it's a two-night commitment. Because you've got the...
1: That's the That's where I'm out. Whenever you make me show up more than once a week, nope. And then you're fast-forwarding to finally get to the results in the last two minutes. That was what we did the last season that we watched as a show, um, the and Bradley show. Uh, Dancing with the Stars because we used to watch that show religiously oh, so and did talk we. about it every week. Yep. At the point at which it was like multiple times in a week, yeah. And then it would be, you know, it was just like
2: Again. people you don't care about. No. Yeah. The 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 definition of stars used loosely on that program, very loose. We'll just be watching the Kelly Clarkson talk show because that is actually a really good
1: program, unlike The Voice. Okay, so your D bag, um, the wonderful the- voice. You, Bradley, who is your D-bag? Oh, thanks for asking, Paul. Because I think you're going
2: to need to do some explaining in here.
1: Jake Paul? Yeah, who is a Jake Paul? Oh, okay, I thought maybe you were, like, upset with me for picking uh, Jake Paul. No. Like, I am a huge Jake Paul yeah, fan. I barely even know maybe who the little dumb guy is. But Nikki, actually, Nikki, you're probably a fan of Jake Paul.
0: I am not a fan of Jake or Paul. He's, Thank like, God. more
1: your generation, though, right?
0: He is, and I'm so glad he is your douchebag of the day.
1: Thank Paul. you. He's a, he's a YouTuber originally, yes. right? Um, But he also does uh, a character on a Disney show.
0: He did until he got into some trouble at his former house, which they called the Team 10 house or whatever. And he got into some trouble, I think said some things and Disney dropped him.
1: Yeah, because you just knew that was going to happen at some point because he is a PR nightmare. One of Mm -hmm. the worst people on social media. Okay, anyway, well, he is my D-bag today specifically because of this dumb thing that he I don't know. He wants attention real bad. And here's what he did. He tweets um, to Zane Malik. Well, and he didn't tweet him directly, but he tweeted the following. Almost had to clap up Zayn from one direction because he's a little guy and has an attitude and basically told me to bleep off for no reason when I was being nice. Zane, I know you're reading this. Stop being angry because you came home alone to your big ass hotel room. Ha 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 ha. So that happened this weekend, I'm right? I'm glad
2: you could interpret those tweets because there's some letters
1: left out. There's yeah. internet yeah. He, the, speak. You have to know I, the lingo. I gave him the benefit of complete sentences. <laughs> you did because that was that not the tweet. So that tweet has since been removed, presumably because they were like, what are you doing? And uh, the one Gigi Hadid, who's with Zayn Malik, responded on Zayn's behalf, apparently, to which she said... LOL cuz he don't care to hang with you and your embarrassing crew of YouTube groupies home alone with his best friends like a respectful king because he has me sweetie unbothered by your irrelevant ugly ass go to, go bed. to bed dot 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 and it's just so delightful yeah
2: i mean her tweet does have some grammatical and punctuation errors at it
1: i love that you're taking people's twitter grammar to task
2: Listen, I'm an old man, and these, I need these complete kids, senses. they don't
1: care about I'm not kidding. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, that's because you are a college graduate. I
0: am.
2: Yes. Um, can I ask a dumb question?
1: Please. We love dumb is questions Jake and po- dumb answers. Is
2: Well, uh, okay. I thought you were going to give me the Golden Girls punchline to that. But Wait, no. Uh,
1: can nobody, I ask can, a- nobody can ask a better dumb... Wait, do it again. Okay.
2: Can I ask a dumb question?
1: Better than anyone I know. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. You have to humor the fact that Paul and I are huge Golden Girls fans Evidenced by the fact that Paul is actually wearing his Golden Girls t-shirt today. It's celebration. Thank you
2: Um, Is Jake Paul the one that said the nasty stuff um, about like suicide or like had in the
1: suicide forest?
0: Okay, so that was his brother Logan actually was the one that went into the forest And uploaded that video
2: and there was like a dead body there or something. Yeah. Oh
0: gross, but I mean Jake's no better.
1: Yeah, well, they have both run a afoul of social media yeah. more than once. But I think they also, you know, to be sort of, um, ab- it's so obvious about it, you kind of have to feel like when you are going after Zayn Malik on social media and you have a huge media following, you know that people are going to talk about this. And even if you delete it later, it doesn't matter. You've just given yourself a, like you have put your mouth, your name in the mouths of people for at least 24 hours, right? Yeah. Which seems like it couldn't be the worst thing in the world
0: well and i feel like he has to understand that like his fan base at least half of them are also directioners so they love zane and they're like probably like well dude so
1: he knows that he's starting like a war that will get him clicks Mm -hmm. and likes and friends and followers
0: yeah i think it's all just because he's He's also gone into like boxing and stuff like that, and so I think he's just trying Is, to get all this like attention for those fights.
1: Was it his brother the one who married the girl like totally randomly? No, that was him. Oh, that was him. Okay,
0: and they've since apparently divorced
1: because they had like a fake marriage, but it wasn't but it wasn't fake, but it was yeah yeah. Yeah. And with another influence, was she like an influencer yeah. or like I, YouTuber? Hannah.
0: I don't know how to pronounce her yeah. last name.
1: There are people out there who know far better than we do. I am too old for this crap. Yeah. Join the club.
0: I go better the than, than anyone hole. I know, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely like a rabbit hole to go down, though. Yeah. And I've gone down it sadly.
1: Are do, Are you a big YouTuber?
0: I watch YouTube, but not them anymore. Yeah. I used to. And then that whole Logan Paul japanese forest thing and i said no
2: okay so um, there are like in youtube celebrities that you follow you yeah. go to their channels yeah who's your favorite uh, miranda sings
0: no actually God, my favorite youtubers are like Keenan and jc because they do this thing called reality house which is basically just like a it's kind of like big brother but for youtube it's really cool what's it called Reality house. Reality house. Okay.
1: I watch like old ladies make sourdough bread on YouTube. So, (laughs) okay. I go down Broadway YouTube
2: vortexes where I'm listening to the big 11 o'clock number and then comparing all the different alphabas and different gypsies. And I mean, hello.
1: See, but we're all doing it, man. We're all in the same place. We're just in different rooms.
2: I mean, do you want your roses turn like Tyne Daly, where she's acting the hell out of it? Do you no, want it sung really pretty? No, I just want to see the
1: original movie version, Rosalind Russell, even though she's not singing. I know it's horrible. I don't care because I love Rosalind Russell. Russell. Okay, well, now that we've had that conversation for the other two flaming, Broadway <laughs> homosexuals out there, when we come back. Oh, speaking of. <laughs>
2: speaking of queens. Pay attention,
1: everyone. We're, we're about to get real gay up in here because uh, Paul and I are hosting an event coming up this weekend that we would love for you to come hang out with us. And you don't have to be a flaming queen, I promise. <laughs> no. We'll tell you more about our Tale of Two Queens discussion when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Two flaming queens telling you why you should go watch a bunch of flaming queens. No, really. That's what we're going to tell you about in just moments here on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live and doing everything that's entertainment (laughs) at mytalk1071.com. And we've got an app, download it. Paul McGuire Grimes is in for Colleen today. Paul, Bradley, you and I are now uh, going on the road again. Yeah. For our our new series, we like to call Two Flaming Queens with Lots to Say. Actually, it doesn't have a title, but it should.
2: Yeah. So last June, you and I um, were at the Trial on Cinema um, talking about two LGBTQ films, uh, The Celluloid Closet and The Boys in the Band, why talking about LGBTQ cinema and representation is so vital and important. And we had a really great turnout for those movies. And then we did a little Q&A after Sundays to kind of talk about representation in film, yada, yada. Well, they decided to ask us back. So we're coming back to the trial on this weekend for two different movies. And we're celebrating drag culture with The Queen, which is a documentary from 1968. Bradley, I know you have seen it. I've seen it, too. But this is a movie that's really passionate for you. And then we're pairing it with The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert from 1994.
1: Yeah. And this is
2: long before RuPaul's Drag Race became the pop culture
1: sensation that it is. But, you know, I I think that the value.
0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple.
1: view of um, RuPaul to to the conversation or to drag being a part of the conversation of culture and society I think RuPaul has done a wonderful thing of about visibility yes about um, showing people what drag culture can really be like I do caution that it's one part of drag culture it is not the entirety it is almost sort of like the Disney version of drag culture Mm -hmm. and sometimes they maybe miss uh some opportunities to have like different conversations which is why i think things like this are really important and by that i mean um seeing what the history of drag is um in our country um and beyond and also just to maybe to think you know beyond rupaul and beyond what most people are familiar with so i think that um for us to sit down and watch these two movies back to back is really just a in addition to just being fun and entertaining and so full of, like, laughter. I mean, really, like, um, you don't have to have any sort of connection to these movies, um, and you'll still, you know, laugh your butt off. And you'll get something out of it. I mean, it was
2: fascinating to watch The Queen, this 1968 documentary about men putting on a drag pageant, and how has the culture changed since then? How has it not changed? How are their behaviors toward each other? And what does it say at that time about sexuality, about cross-dressing about like a variety of things that they get into that really opened my eyes up and then to pair it with Priscilla. So it runs this Friday, Saturday and Sunday, both movies will be shown Friday, Saturday, and then we'll be there on Sunday to do a Q and a after them. Tickets are available. Trylon.org T R Y L O N. Dot org.
1: Yeah. I'm very excited to do this. Um, I'm glad we get to do this again. Um... Tickets are only $8 too. So get them in advance. It's super cheap. So basically, what we're saying: come see a double feature. Now there are performances Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, as Paul said. Um, We'll be there, of course, only after the one on Sunday. But um, if you know somebody in your, you know, friend circle who loves RuPaul's Drag Race, for example, you know, tell them about it. But um, at the end of the day, this is just a wonderful opportunity to watch film with a bunch of other nerds, right? And to do it, like you know, like Priscilla, you can sit down and watch. On DVD. Yeah. The, any day of the week. Right. But being able, I think there's just some, there's something really magical about being able to sit down in a dark theater and see it on the big screen.
2: And being a community of people that want to see it, that have that experience, that are all in it together. And then to have that conversation afterwards about what did the movie say to us, you know, and what does it say about culture and representation? And it just, I mean, rewatching Priscilla this weekend was so much fun. And to remember, like, that's a young guy, Pierce, and Hugo Weaving, and Terrence Stamp. and Oh, it's one know, of the best... Has a great soundtrack and
1: it was emotionally just like it, it was a revolutionary film for those of us who watched it when it first came out because it showed the slice of life that a lot of people maybe, even if you couldn't relate directly, you could have a connection to. And to see that show up on the big screen was kind of revolutionary. Yeah. And I mean, if you've never been was. to the Trilon, it's a really great space. 2820
2: East 33rd Street in South Minneapolis. Um, it, they've recently kind of remodeled the space and these little it's, hidden gems in our city. It's that- like this
1: cool, tiny, little, amazing theater. And it's not really that tiny. It, it seats like under think, 100 people. Yeah, under 100. Um, but it's still like, it's it's still, so it's, it's cozy and intimate, but at the same time, like, you know, you're sitting there watching something on the big screen
2: and, and they do programming all year round. I mean, I've been there so many times and whether it's like a Scorsese festival that they're doing every year, they have a Hitchcock festival that they show a bunch of Hitchcock films and then, or really obscure, you know, bizarre foreign films or sci-fi films. It just is great to be part of their part of that conversation, part of that community. Also
1: they're a nonprofit and they are like, you know, beholden to their community. And that's one reason that they've, been able to put these events on you know trying to make a case for um you know a larger theater hey can you show this very obscure film that has a lot of historical importance and cultural importance that's a harder ask for uh, a theater that is run for profit and you still
2: have to then pay for the rights to get that movie and then if they want to show it on film 35 millimeter film or digital like there's It's all kind of fun to kind of learn all about. Plus, it's kind of like a time
1: machine, right? Because you're sitting down watching it. I don't remember, but I think this is an actual film negative that we're going to be, or a film print that we're Um, watching.
2: Both are digital. Oh, they're digital. Yeah. Okay, well, pretend it's not. Oh, I lied about that. Priscilla will be shown in 35 millimeter.
1: Which, that's just a fun time machine experience. We did this during the celluloid closet. and the boys and the, the boys band. in the band. And I think the boys in the band was the, I or no, it was so. the celluloid closet. Think, maybe that was a print. Yeah. I think the celluloid closet was a print, but it's fun to watch film like actual film. Yeah.
2: I mean, <laughs> I know it, that it, sounds so silly, geeky but... and silly, but it's great. And I, that movie, when we did the boys in the band, I guess I didn't realize how much that movie would mean to me as a gay man, as someone that loves film, the importance of what that movie was like at that time. And that was something that kind of came out after us watching and having those conversations and,
1: can I also just say about the importance of, um, you know, like we, we talk about our own experiences, as gay men, sure, but you don't, you don't have to be gay to no. show up at this and to feel a part of something and learn something and relate to something. I think that's actually the more revolutionary aspect of doing something like this is that anybody can sit down and watch the sort of drama that unfolds on, you know, the screen of this documentary about a 1967 all-American, quote-unquote, camp beauty pageant. Like You will find people in there that you know, you Mm -hmm. will find people that you relate to, you will find pieces of yourself in these people, like the drama that goes on behind the scenes, Yeah, people sort of backstabbing each other, people being competitive with one another. All of that is brought to the screen. It's not just like, oh, look at this zoo exhibit of creatures that you're not familiar with. It really is... You know, a study in, in humanity and humans, you know, circa 1967. Yeah. So if you like drag race, if you've been to drag brunches,
2: you know, our friends at flip phone events have drag brunches every weekend at the union. So if you've been to those, any drag bingo, come and see these movies uh, with us this weekend. If you can't make it Sunday for our Q&A, go see it Friday they, or Saturday
1: night. Do they serve beer there? I don't at the remember. try lot? I yeah. believe they do. Okay. Because I was going to say it's kind of like drag brunch, except there's no. Well, I mean, popcorn and beer. Yeah and candy what more do you need and, and candy That's and what I'm be bradley trainer and paul mcguire obviously
2: so obvious. so obvious
1: we'll be there and we'll be doing uh our q a so if you've got questions but if you know somebody again if you're just joining us we're talking about a double feature that paul and i are hosting uh, some q and a's for this weekend at the Trilon cinema in minneapolis showing two films um two sort of um very important films the Queen and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And the Tickets Queen
2: bucks. is not available to buy anywhere.
1: Yeah, this is... Like, um, I was going to get the Blu-ray, not available. And it's a brand new... What's Restoration. the terminology? Restoration? Restoration.
2: Like, Kino is doing this. Distributor so, swing.
1: just to, to, like, tell you, like, why this... Uh, one of the reasons this is happening is that this is a film that I remember seeing in college as part of a LGBT film studies class, and I have not been able to find the film since... And it's just been sort of sitting out there and I'm like, people need to know about this film. Mm-hmm. And now that drag culture is sort of hit mainstream, I feel like it's even more important to give people context, right? Right? And actually I will say there's a cameo from someone who ends up in a, another film called Paris is Burning. Which is coming to
2: Criterion Collection on Blu-ray. I'm getting also geeky here, but it's available. Based
1: on the series or Pose the series is based on. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we've got more top stories of the day. We could talk for days. We will at least for the next hour here on my talk 1071